We have reached the All-Star break, and it's time to look back on the season so far with a special guest. It's former Kings player and radio analyst Daryl Evans on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I've also been co-hosting the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan. For the past 30 years, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We are excited to have former LA Kings left winger and radio analyst Daryl Evans back with us to discuss what's been going on so far with the LA Kings. Daryl, how are you? I'm great, Eddie. How you doing today? Doing very, very well. Any uh, special plans for the, for the break here that we have for the All-Star game? Uh, you know, it's just a matter of getting caught up on some things. We've been on the road for the last 11 days. So uh, just get caught up, spend some time with my kids and that, and, uh, you know, get ready for the crunch. Uh, it's going to be a busy schedule when we get back and a lot of special things happening. You know, Dustin Brown, uh, Jersey retirement, uh, statue going out front of Crypto.com Arena. So a lot going on and uh, just kind of build up and uh, get ready for it all. Yeah, I definitely want to ask you about that special night coming up. But I want to start by asking kind of unfortunately about the Kings last game. Uh, a chance to close out the first half of the season in first place in the Pacific, uh, a chance to wrap up a road trip with a big win over one of the top teams in the NHL. And unfortunately, the Kings couldn't hold a three-goal lead and uh, lose an overtime to the Hurricanes. Certainly a very disappointing loss, especially considering all the circumstances. Any concern of any kind that that loss could have any kind of lingering effect or with the 10 days off, is that not a concern at all? No, I don't think it's any type of a concern. There's no doubt it's a disappointment. But I think if you have to look at the day that you left on the road trip, looking at the lineup that the Kings had with some of the injuries that they had, and you would have said you're going to come back 3-2-1, and one, regardless of how you get the points, you sit there and say, okay, that sounds pretty fair. I think I'll take that right now. And, you know, all in all, it was a good road trip for the Kings. You know, you play over 500 on a road trip like that, it's, uh, it's you know, would be deemed successful. Now, when you have a three-goal lead and there's only 20 minutes of hockey left, sure, you'd like to be able to shut that one down. But you're also playing against the hottest team in the NHL right now in the Carolina Hurricanes, who now, after the win last night against Buffalo, are 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. So, um, you know, uh, there's a lesson to be learned. I think it's what you learn from it. It'll tell you how much how much of an impact that game had. But, you know, they got a share of first place going into the, in, into the All-Star break. And uh, I think they have to be uh, pretty content with that, considering the ups and downs that they've had through the course of the year. I think over the last maybe six, seven weeks, they've started to – uh, stabilize a little bit, um, re-identify themselves as to what type of team they're going to be and what time they, what type of team they have to be going down the stretch. So, uh, again, we'll see how it comes uh, out of it, but I don't think it's going to affect the Kings in a negative way in any way whatsoever. Well, last time we talked, we were only seven games into the NHL season, and the Kings certainly had a few wild games early on. Uh, that was certainly a small sample size to talk about, but now they've played 53 games. So what are your thoughts so far on the season and where the Kings find themselves at the moment? 
Well, I think where they find themselves in the standings, you know, they've got to be pretty happy with that. You know, of course, you'd always like to be higher and have more wins than you have. But you also have to remember, you know, games like you had in Carolina the other night when you've got a three goalie. Well, there's been nights when the Kings have been down two or three goals and they battle back and, you know, secured points in those games. So they all even themselves out come the end of the year. Uh, you know, I think the Kings, uh, you know, through the course of the year, there's been some up and downs. I think when you look at the success that they had last year and coming into this year, the addition of Kevin Fiala, everybody expected, uh, you know, them to, you know, be a little bit more of an offensive team. And I think they kind of got away from their identity. This team, you know, the backbone of this team has always been strong defensive play, good goaltending, uh, you know, strong penalty kill. And that kind of got away from the Kings a little bit. And there's still some areas that need to be cleaned up a bit. But I think now uh, after that, uh, six nothing loss in Buffalo when the month of December started there, they they dialed it in. I think they've re reestablished themselves. They've got an identity now, and they know what they have to do and what it takes in order to win. They've had some success with it, and they've had some ups and downs. The big thing is in you know in the NHL right now, it's such a competitive league. There's so much depth on every team that you play. Whether you're up against the first line, the fourth line, there's so many guys that are capable of finish. And you've got to play 60 minutes as, as, as close to it as you possibly can on any given night. So consistency is one of the things that you want to learn. And it's some, one of the things that will apply to success in the sec, you know, in this next part of the season. And also, you know, when you look at the Kings coming into this year, last year they flew under the radar. Uh, nobody expected them to be where they were getting into the playoffs last year. Well, when they made that step and got into the postseason, now you don't catch teams by surprise. They know what to expect. They also see the team that had success last year. You add Kevin Fiala. They did it without Drew Doughty in the, in the second half of the season. In the playoffs, we were without Arvidsson. So uh, this is a team that is, uh, you know, it's fine in a way with different challenges this year. And so far, I think they've done a pretty good job at, uh, you know, owning up to them. Well, one of the challenges has certainly been in net. And the last time we spoke, there was no way we could have predicted that Cal Peterson would be in the AHL, that Jonathan Quick would be struggling, and that Phoenix Copley would have the number one job in providing the Kings some stability in net. Goaltending is obviously a concern. It's obviously very important for every team. Um, how do you feel about the situation in net right now? Well, there's no doubt there's a question mark there, uh, but I still think there's also the ability to be able to get the job done for, for what the Kings need. The NHL is a different game today, uh, and the goaltenders are the ones that are probably feeling it the most. Uh, there's more depth in every lineup. Guys in the third and fourth line now don't dump and chase the puck like they used to. They've got the ability to be able to take the puck to the net. Everybody shoots the puck better than they did. There's so many layers of screens, uh, redirections. Every team, you see them every day practicing, tipping pucks. And it's a tough position to play right now. And then you also look at the angles of where some of the goals are coming from. I get the uh, luxury of being able to watch the visiting teams, uh, you know, uh, and their, and their skates and practices and things. And guys are lining themselves out outside the faceoff dots, down at the base of the faceoff circle. These are like un, you know, just not natural movements for the goaltender to make to be able to come and you know get shots coming out of the corner. And these guys are perfecting those shots. They're getting them on the net, and they're finding a way to score more goals. So as a goaltender, uh, you've got to expect everything. And this is where I really think that you have to bear down as a team. Uh, you've really got to play a real strong defensive game. And the Kings showed that they can do that. They did it in the month of December. Uh, they were number one in the, in the league in block shots, uh, the fewest grade A scoring chances, uh, slot shots allowed in that month, and it spelled success for them. So they're capable of doing that. And with that, they've got the goaltending that I think they can make the saves. You're not necessarily looking for the spectacular saves, 
You're looking for the routine saves. It's the weak goals. Uh, those are the ones that hurt a hockey club. They deflate you. So I think the Kings, they've got the ability with the guys that they have in net. They can get the job done. And I just think collectively as a team, everybody's got to be a little bit better defensively, and it starts between the pipes. And they know that. Uh, but uh, I think they're very capable of getting that job done. The Kings penalty kill got called out specifically by GM Rob Blake in late November. It seems like it's been steadily improving. Uh, if you agree with that, um, specifically, why do you think it has been improving, if you think it has been? Well, it started again. You go back to the month of December. You you take a look at fewer penalties taken for one thing. When you're taking four and five penalties consistently every night, the opposition's going to learn your tendencies, and you're going to start spending more time in a defensive zone, and pucks are going to end up in the back of your net for whatever reason. Uh Starts in the face-off circle. You've got to win draws because, let's face it, when you start a penalty kill, you're in your own zone. you got to win draws. You get the puck out, all of a sudden you buy yourself 15, 20 seconds, maybe even a little bit more by getting the puck all the way down the ice. Guys are blocking more shots. And that was very notable in uh, in the month of December. And then goaltenders making the saves. You know, making the saves you expect them to make. You know, not giving up the soft goals. And collectively as a group, you bring all those things together and it spells success. And uh, the Kings penalty kill is definitely much improved. It still has a whole nother layer it's got to get to. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got to find a way to get their job done because there's some great power plays out there in the league. And, there's, as again, we talk about skill at five-on-five. Five. Well, when you get into uh, power plays, you know, five-on-fours and five-on-threes, four-on-threes, those skilled players, they get uh, just that little bit more extra room and time, and that makes them that much more of a threat. We're going to have more with LA Kings radio analyst Daryl Evans in a moment. Going to ask him about the Kings maybe making a deal at the upcoming trade deadline. But real quick, I need to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, this year, it's the only app you're going to need at your Super Bowl party. America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many features that can make betting fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $300 back in a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads and who will score a touchdown. FanDuel Sports app is safe, secure, super easy to use, and best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. More with the man who scored the overtime game-winning goal in the miracle on Manchester for the LA Kings Radio analyst Daryl Evans. I'm sure he never gets tired of somebody mentioning that <laughs> fact. Uh, the NHL trade deadline about a month away. Um, are there any areas of the LA Kings you think GM Rob Blake would like to address the most? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, you know, goaltending right now is a little bit of a question. Uh, you know, I think we talked a little bit about it that, you know, I think the Kings have the ability to be able to get sufficient goaltending from the guys that they have in place. But I think the biggest need is probably for that left shot defenseman, uh, preferably somebody with a little bit of size and a little bit of uh, length in their game. Um, you know, they could maybe get in, kill penalties, uh, bring a little bit of an edge to the game. I think that's the probably the biggest need for the Kings. I think if they can get that position cleared up, I think it'll help with, you know, the goaltenders alone and uh, they'll just be a better team all around for that. And I think they'll line up a lot differently against opposition's top lines. Looking at the Western Conference, there are certainly some very good teams, but no real great teams like we've seen with Boston. And you mentioned Carolina earlier. 
Um, if you agree that the West is a bit more wide open, do you think that might affect Rob Blake's decision to be a little more a little more bold with um, you know going after a player or two to because the opportunities that the Kings might have in the West with it being I don't want to say down but not as strong as the East. Well, I think Rob Blake, uh, you know, even going back to last season when we talked to him, um, you know, they, everybody understands, you know, the need for the Kings, uh, you know, w- where things are. You know, last year, you know, Jonathan Quick this year, he's in the last year of his contract uh, with Cal Peterson getting off to a rough start at the beginning of the year. You know, that opened up, uh, you know, you know, some questions in with regards to goaltending. But defense has been one that's always been there. You look at the way they're lined up, the prospects that they have coming. Jordan Spence, who played last year, you know, at the end of the season in the playoffs. Uh, Brent Clark that they have, uh, who went back, got a few games in at the beginning of this year. Uh, you know, they've got some guys coming in that regard, but they're all right-handed shot defensemen. So again, it's still that hole is on the left side. So uh, he's been exploring that, uh, you know, again, it's probably, you know, goes back to last season at some point. And, there, you know, there's names that come up, uh, you know, you hear different rumors all the time from time to time, but uh, there's no doubt that I think that, you know, he's doing his due diligence at this time to, uh, you know, to try to make the team a better team. He's committed to do that. The organization is committed to do that. And I think the players understand that, you know, Rob Blake and his group are continue looking to improve the team by, you know, didn't take them long last year when they went out and acquired Kevin Fiala. They made sure they got right on the top of that one. And, you know, what, a, what an addition he's been to the hockey club by uh, leading the team in scoring. So uh, when the, when the time comes, that move will come. And, you know, if the Kings are fortunate enough that it happens, you know, in the next month or even, you know, in, 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 sooner than, you know, the, the month expires, uh, so be it. They'll take advantage of that. But if not, then it'll something that'll come again in the off season and, and prepare for moving forward. Uh, you know, I think they, They've shown that, you know, with the players that they have in place right now, that they can get the job done. They can find a way to succeed, maybe not quite get to the level where they want to get. But, they, you know, they found a way last year. Nobody thought they'd get to the postseason, especially with the team that they had last year. And the guys found a way to be able to get that done. So they've got to dig deep. They've got some work to do. Uh, but I think they have the place, pieces in place to be able to do that and, uh, and get this team into the postseason play. No team has played more games uh, before the All-Star break than the LA Kings, 53 games. And uh, I know a lot has been made about the Kraken uh, having a lot of games in hand. Maybe they can extend their lead because of that and talk about teams like the Oilers and the Flames getting to gain ground on the Kings because they've got games in hand. I was wondering, though, since the Kings don't have as many games in the second half as they had in the first half as far as like the condensed schedule and all that, are there advantages to that in the second half of the Kings? Can you have more of a balanced schedule, I guess, than they did in the first half? Oh, without a doubt. You know, I think there's, uh, you know, there's there's positives to be taken away. Uh, just depends on how you want to look at things. In the second half of the, or even past the second half, let's just face it, the Kings, you know, they've got 29 games remaining. So with 29 games remaining, you're going to get more rest than you had after playing 53 games. Uh, earlier in the season, it's a lot easier to play more games in a, in a compressed schedule, uh, less wear and tear in the body, uh, less travel. You've had the summer off, not as many injuries. Now, as you get to this time of the year, you're dealing with injuries, uh, you know, and guys have got 50, 55 games under their belt. Uh, they're more susceptible for injuries. Uh, and uh, I think the Kings, uh, they've worked hard to get to where they at right now. Again, like we said earlier, they'd like to have more points than they have right now. Everybody would, but uh I think they're sitting in a decent position. You know, the other teams, yes, they have some games in hand, and 
by the team, time the Kings play the next game on, on February the 11th, uh, they could find themselves two or three spots down in the standings. But so be it. You deal. You worry about the things you can control, not the things that you can't. And right now, the Kings have put the, the points in the bank that they can to this point. I can't change anything in the past. All I can do is dictate what happens in the future. And hopefully through the uh, through the break here, Kings will get healthy. and They'll be able to get a couple of their bodies back. And those guys should have an impact on the hockey club. Uh, you know, they went in quite under man on a very difficult road trip this, you know, uh, leading into the all-star break. And, and they fared well. They came out over 500. So uh, that, that's not too bad. I think that just shows a little bit of the character of the hockey club. You know, the Kings, even in the past when they were winning their Stanley Cups, uh, you talk about the identity of the team being more defensive. Um, but it is kind of fun to see a team that has such skill offensively. With The goal Kevin Fiala had the other night, the, the pull and drag against Carolina. The power play now is really uh, kind of starting to click of late, and we're seeing the passing and the movement. Uh, the Kings, obviously, we want them to win, and that's the most fun. But they are playing a style now, it seems, and, and the depth they have offensively, that is – more entertaining and enjoyable to watch and to see some of these guys uh, pull off their skill, Adrian Kempe, guys like that. It's It's been fun to watch the Kings this year. Oh, there's no doubt about it. The, you know, the Kings have elevated their skill set, and that goes back to, you know, probably the last three or four, you know, maybe drafts, maybe even further back than that. You know, instead of looking for that, you know, that big, uh, you know, the big body, 6'4", 230 pounds, you know, a dump and chase type of guy, they, they've added skill. You look at, the, you know, look at the draft choices they've had, you know, guys that are in the lineup right now in Kempe, uh, Velarde, Kapari, you know, Turcotte, Byfield now, uh, Brant Clark. These guys all have a different skill set than maybe what the Kings, you know, scouting staff and management was looking at, you know, five, six years ago. And they've, they've changed their identity. Uh, still, when it comes down to, you know, playoff time, you still have to be a heavy team. You still got to be a committed team. The game tends to get a little bit more physical in the postseason. Um, and they're not calling the penalties quite the way they are in in the postseason, the way they do in the regular season. So you might not be getting as many power play opportunities, you know, in the postseason, which magnifies them that much more. So I think the Kings are kind of like a lot of teams right now. They're in that transition, you know, be it the teams that have been there you know, in the playoffs and gone deep in the playoffs the last few years, your Tampa's, your Colorado's, you know, teams like that. Boston knows what it's like, you know, even though Toronto hasn't gone deep, you know, they, they've had some, you know, some playoff experience. So the Kings know that they've got to add some pieces and, and, uh, you know, maybe change a little bit. Maybe they add, you know, a little bit of, you know, a little bit more size, a little more physicality in their game, but uh, you know, you, you still got to get through the, you know, the, the, you know, the race during the regular season, otherwise you don't get to the dance floor. And, and during the regular season, it's not that, you know, that grinding style of hockey that's going to get you there. You've got to be able to, you know, match up with these teams. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, you look at it like a three, two league. Well, it's probably more like a, you know, three and a half to two and a half league. Like right now, you've got to be able to score more goals than you did a couple of years ago because you're giving up more chances you're giving up more grade A chances. The skill set across the NHL is higher, and the ability to be able to finish is a lot higher. And the referees aren't afraid to call penalties, regardless of what time of the game is. They're not afraid to give a team a four-on-three advantage in the third period. Um, you know, if you're up a goal, down a goal, they'll, they'll still make the call. So uh, you've, you've got to be able to adjust and to be able to have players that can play in all the situations and and kind of flip that switch, so to speak. Uh, you know, that, that that's where you're going to find your success. More with Daryl Evans in a moment. Got to ask him about the Kings uh, getting into the playoffs and, of course, a special night coming up for the L.A. Kings in their next home game. But real quick, I need to let you know that today's episode of Locked on L.A. Kings also brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. They are delicious. 
uh, with 100% real chocolate. Uh, they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Uh, not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar, but they're actually healthy for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. Uh, and now you don't have to wait around to, to get a box to order them at Built.com. You can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Uh, they're in the pharmacy section. In addition to those new flavors, they've got old favorites too, like cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puff. Built Bars, protein bars that taste like candy bars. We've got more with Daryl Evans. And Daryl, um, when the Kings returned from the All-Star break, you mentioned it, 29 games left in the season. Uh, what gives you confidence the Kings will maintain a playoff spot and have a good showing in the postseason? And what gives you concern? Well, the things that give me confidence is they've shown that they can do it. They've, they believe they can do it. And it's just a matter of doing it on a consistent basis. Um, the, the concern is like, if you look, if you go back to this, you know, the most recent road trip, you know, the, I don't think the Kings played a real solid, complete 60 minute game. And, it, and it's tough to play 60 minutes. Let's face it. You know, the opposition's not going to roll over regardless of where they are in the standings that, you know, you're going to have your push. They're going to have their push. And it's a matter of taking advantage of the opportunities that you get. So, uh, you know, the game, the last game against Carolina, one of the best teams in the NHL right now, the way that they're playing and the Kings in the second period dominated that game. Now, okay. You like to put that one in a bottle and, you know, be able to sell it over the shelf, but uh, you know, that's not going to happen all the time, but then you go to the other extreme in the third period. And it happened earlier in the trip too, when the Kings had a three, two lead going into Nashville in the third period, they changed their game a little bit in the third period. So it's committing to what the, you know, the systems that they have in place, that the coaches have put together and executing them. Uh, you know, you, when you, when you're tired and let's face it, I think the Kings have been a mental and a physically fatigued hockey club, not an excuse through the first part of the year because the, you know, the workload and the schedule, that wasn't the case in this trip uh, because the games were spread out a little bit more evenly. Uh, but you make little mental mistakes and they all of a sudden end up in the back of your in the back of your net and the flow of the game changes. So, um, I think the Kings uh, believe that they can, you know, go f move forward and do well. Um, special teams, uh, power play has definitely been clicking at a pretty consistent and successful rate through the year. Penalty kill has been much better as of late. That'll be a key going down the stretch. You're going to need to get real solid penalty killing. And with solid penalty killing, you know, we say your best penalty killers are goaltending. So that means goaltending has got to elevate a little bit. Uh, you know, they've got to make, they've got to make the routine save. They can't give up the easy goals because uh, you know, it, 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 sometimes it'll deflate a hockey club it just depends on, you know, where they are in the stage of the game and, you know, and, and the mental, the mental stage of where the team is at, you know, if you've lost a couple of games in a row and your goalie gives up a soft goal and all of a sudden, you know, you kind of, you sag for a little bit, whereas when things are rolling, you just get up in the next shift and you go back the other way and away you go. Um, concerns again, uh, Again, it would be the defensive play of the Kings. Uh, you know, again, if they could put that piece in place on defense, I think that'll help secure the penalty kill a little bit, get them to a level where they haven't been all year. Uh, it'll give them a little bit more size back there. It might allow you to clear the puck out a few more times, uh, prevent a couple of uh, chances coming in off the rush. Uh, but it's 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 real. It's a real fine line where the Kings are at. Uh, you know, I think any addition 
that Rob Blake and uh, his staff put together is going to be one that will definitely complement the hockey club. Nothing will be done just for the sake of making a move or, you know, just to, to go out and try something. Uh, you know, they'll do their, they'll do their homework and make sure that it's going to be a piece that, that'll make a difference, but it should be a great race going down. Uh, you know, if, if you look at it again, looking further down the road, these are playoff games. Now each and every game is magnified. There's so much meaning to it. Um, you know, I think you have to set yourself a number, you know, whether it's 95 points, hundred points where you feel you're going to get there. And if you, if you achieve your goal and let's face it, sometimes, you know, like when you go out and you play a game, you could play your best game and still get beat. But all you want to do is all you want to know is you did your best. And that's what the Kings are looking for, to perform at their best. Don't beat themselves. And I think the Kings control their own destiny, that if they play their game of hockey the way they're capable of playing, they should be a postseason team. And one final one for you. The Kings' next home game is going to be a special one Saturday, February the 11th, Dustin Brown night, statue unveiled, jersey retirement ceremony. Um, Dustin's not going to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, but – um, you know, obviously the Kings have had Hall of Famers, Gretzky, Robitaille, Dion, but he was drafted by the Kings, played his entire career with the Kings. Uh, unlike Luke and, and Wayne and Marcel, uh, won two Stanley Cups as the captain of the LA Kings. Is he the greatest LA King? That that's the end of your question. That's the, <laughs> do, is he? Do you do you think Dustin Brown is the greatest LA King? Not the greatest player who ever wore a King sweater, but. From start to finish, never was with another team, winning Stanley Cups, and, and oh, by the way, had a pretty good career. Do you think there's an argument to be made that he is the greatest L.A. King? Well, first of all, on, on the one comment that you made that you don't think he'll get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, I don't think that's uh, for sure that he's not going to okay. get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, I think he deserves you know real strong consideration. You look at some of the players that have gone in, and uh, you look at how accomplished Dustin is, what he accomplished in his career. Uh, yeah, he's he's in that conversation of one of the greatest kings ever. Uh, one thing that he holds over any of them, regardless of who who the other guys are, is he hoisted that Stanley Cup o- over his head and he captained that hockey club. So that has a lot that has a lot to say for it. Uh, Dustin's not only been a great player on the ice, uh, but he's been great in the community as well. Uh, you know, he and his family, uh, you know, the community's embraced them. Uh, they're involved in youth hockey and, you know, everywhere, everywhere you go, you know, in, in the hockey world around here that, you know, Dustin Brown is, uh, you know, his, his name is known. Um, greatest, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if you can pinpoint that on, on one player. I don't think it's fair to put it on one player because everybody's different in so many different ways. Um, you know, different players, uh, you know, I'll go back with, uh, with Dave Taylor, who spent his entire career with the Kings as well. A uh, member of, you know, arguably the best modern day hockey line at his time with the triple crown line. Uh, you know, the, the amount of points that he put up, the amount of goals that he scored, the style of hockey that he played, uh, general manager of the King responsible for a few of the key pieces that are in the Kings, you know, on the King Stanley cup teams, the guys that he drafted. Uh, so he, you know, he, he's in that conversation as well. You know, Luke Robitaille did it in a different fashion. Uh, you know, he was a goal scorer, uh, very charismatic. You know, his, uh, his uh, you know, ability to you know, connect with the fans and things like that. You know, again, another guy who spent a lot of time in his career. 
Uh, you know, so there, there's a number of guys can go in that. So I don't think you can pinpoint just one guy, but Dustin Brown's definitely up there amongst the top of that list with a couple of other guys. And uh, it's it's well-deserved what he's going to get, having his sweater ra- race to the rafters, uh, statue being put out front. I know there's been a lot of people talking about it, looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, Dustin Brown was a was one of those guys with a little bit more of a quiet type of leader. He led by example on the ice with his crushing hits. Uh, you know, you go back to the playoffs when – you know, he made the big hit against Sedin there in front of the Vancouver bench. And, you know, those are things that, you know, that resonate, uh, you know, they just, those things just, they, that was a statement there. And Dustin Brown made a statement while he played for the Kings and uh, definitely have, uh, you know, his impression on Kings, you know, Kings history forever. Yeah. And, and when you talk about greatest Kings of all time, there's a guy still playing named Andre Kopitar. who will have his name in that <laughs> conversation as well when it's all said and done. Hey, uh, Daryl Evans is in his 24th season as a Kings radio analyst working alongside Hall of Famer Nick Nixon. You can hear every L.A. Kings game with Daryl and Nick on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Daryl, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, hopefully you can chat again when the Kings are making a playoff run. I would look forward to it, Eddie. Keep up the great work. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to it once we get past the trade deadline and see how the push goes for the playoffs. But I think you're going to see this team playing uh, a little bit deeper this year uh, in, into the playoffs. All right. I certainly hope so. And uh, certainly looking forward to hearing you and uh, Nick on the call uh, on the iHeart uh, audio network as well. Thank you, Daryl. And we'll talk to you down the line. Take care, Eddie. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank you. Hey guys, don't forget coming up on our Friday show. It is a feedback Friday. We're going to talk about your questions and comments. Uh, there's still time to get some questions and comments in via email. The email address is locked on Eddie at gmail.com. E D D I E. Uh, you can also post comments on the YouTube episodes as well. Looking forward to hearing what's on your mind. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, this conversation with Daryl Evans and anything we talked about, you can certainly comment on that as well. Also, we're on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings and uh, also on Instagram at Locked on LA Kings. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked on NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team that is locked on NHL prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Have a great day. And as always, go Kings go.